everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin, thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each week I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house. I hope you're all having an awesome week and staying safe in this lockdown isolation bubble that we're all in at the moment because of the coronavirus of course. Uh, It's just been announced today in the UK that this is going to be going on for at least another three weeks, probably longer than that. Uh, So we've all got plenty of time to sit back and watch as many horror movies as we can. Let's just make the most of this absolutely shockingly shit time that the world is having right now. But we will get through this, as I say every week. We will get through this. We will do so by keeping each other company on podcasts like this and, of course, watching as many horror movies as we possibly can. Uh, This is episode 10 of Slasher Street Podcast. 10 episodes. Well, you know, technically 11 episodes, but we're not counting the Clive Tongue episode episodes an episode that was a bonus episode but in terms of me sitting here in my back kitchen with a couple of beers reviewing horror movies this is episode 10 um and i thought i would mark the occasion by reviewing a relatively um up-to-date horror movie a relatively newish one um that only came out last year now this is a really off-the-wall horror movie this one um i think it's got a lot of uh, negative reviews online although some people like it as well you know um, but it's very out there, it's very different, um, it's completely, you know, insane, the whole concept of this movie shouldn't exist, um, but it does, it's out there in the domain, and I'm it's, I'm glad it's, I'm glad this exists, because I get to watch it. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the Banana Splits movie, which is going to be the movie we are going to discuss this week on the podcast. Um, I know what you're thinking, if you've never heard of this movie, the Banana Splits movie, wasn't that a kids' TV show in, like, the 70s and 80s? You are correct. But Warner Brothers Pictures, for some reason, thought... This will make a good slasher movie. (laughs) And that's what they did. They basically took the kids' TV show, the Banana Splits, costume characters and everything, and they've made it into a slasher kind of comedy horror movie. I'd say it's definitely more of a on the comedic side, but I think that's one of its faults, unfortunately. It's not comedic enough. You know, it, it almost takes itself too seriously, this movie, uh, at times. But we will get into it. We're going to talk about the whole thing um, in detail on this podcast. So this movie was released in August of 2019. I don't think it had a theatre release. I think it was straight to DVD. Um, I came across this movie completely by accident in my local HMV, and I actually got it only a few weeks after it came out. Um, it was kind of October, um, kind of probably early October last year, uh, and I wanted to just stock up on a few new horrors for, uh, you know, the Halloween season that came up, of course. Um, and I was, you know, I was looking through in HMV, see if there's any new releases, anything that um, caught my eye that I didn't already have. And I saw this movie, and I was like, the Banana Splits movie? Oh, that seems weird. I looked at the cover, and it just, like, it was a picture of the banana splits with um, weapons and, you know, it has the, the banana splits logo and just says tra-la-la terror and I, was like, and I read the synopsis on the back. I was like, what is this movie? Um, so I bought it and I was like, damn, I'm going to have to check this out. 
it was like it was like quite full price. Normally, I don't you know buy full price DVDs from these kind of shops, but I thought this is gonna have to be worth the money. So let's give it a let's give it a watch. Um, so I brought it home, watched it, and I honestly couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, it, it's just the most out there thing you could possibly think of. Um, this movie should not exist for all intents and purposes. It should not exist, um, but it does. Um, and someone had a lot of balls and a lot of bottle in the executive office to put this idea forward. The execution of the movie, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But I have a lot of fun with this movie. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely not a classic. Uh, it's not one that's going to, you know, in 20, 30 years time, people are going to go with their horror collections or with their kids and say, you know, if, if, say, my daughter wanted to watch a horror movie, she'll say, oh, Dad, you know, want to watch a horror movie? What's it? Let's watch a classic horror movie. I'm not going to go... Okay, darling, let's watch the Banana Splits movie. No, it's so it's it exists. It's worth a watch, but it's not a classic by any means whatsoever. So before we get into the actual story about the movie, um, if you've never heard of the Banana Splits before, i.e., the original TV series, let's let me just give you a bit of backstory on that. This is the synopsis of the original Banana Splits movie, and then you can see. You know, how the hell did someone think this would be a horror movie? So, the backstory of the Banana Splits is, well, it says, The Banana Splits Adventure Hour, also simply known as The Banana Splits, is an American television variety show produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions and featuring The Banana Splits, a fictional rock band composed of four funny animal characters in red helmets. The costumed hosts of the show are Flegel on guitar and vocals, Bingo on drums and vocals, Drooper on bass and vocals, and Snorky, who is the elephant that we see, on keyboards and effects. The series originally ran for 31 episodes on NBC Saturday mornings from September the 7th, 1968 to September the 5th, 1970, and in syndication from 1971 to 1982. The costumes and sets were designed by Sid and Marty Blah Blah Blah, uh, and the series sponsor was Kellogg's Cereal. Um, just, I don't know why, I've just copied and pasted this, so. Uh, the show featuring, the, the show featured both live action and anim animated segments, and it was Hanna-Barbera's first foray into mixing live animation with live action. So, that's the banana splits. It centres around basically these four costume characters. You know, like you would in any kind of kids' TV series, you've got, um... I don't know, we're big on in the night garden, this house, <laughs> as you do when you've got a little one, and um, the, you know, the Teletubbies, um, bananas in pajamas, all those kind of things, you know, costume characters, um, and it, it's basically a TV show like that. I wasn't familiar with the Banana Splits before I got this movie, um, but my mum came round, I think, the, that night that I got the DVD, or a couple of nights later, and I was like, do you know who the Banana Splits are? And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, they were on TV when I was a kid, so I was like, so she remembered them, and she sung the theme song and knew the theme song straight away. And I was like, "What? That's the theme song from this movie." It like this movie basically is this exact TV show, exact characters, almost same songs, same premise, but then it gets turned into a slasher movie. It's as I say, whoever pitched this has a lot of ball. And but we should be we should really be celebrating people who want to make movies like this because. Movies like this don't come around very often. You know, you get your standard slasher movie and things like that, but it's very rare these days that someone is willing to take a real risk and go completely out there with something so insane and such an insane concept that actually gets made. So really, we should be celebrating this movie in a way. I mean, I'd say that the actual way it comes off, you know, 
need should have been done differently in my opinion but we'll get there we'll get there um and in terms of the plot for this movie the synopsis the plot follows a family attending a taping of the banana splits television series in which the titular characters rather are animatronics with artificial intelligence that's my main problem we will get there uh, however they are soon trying to survive when flegel bingo drooper and snorky become evil upon learning the cancellation of their show and in their rage their programming malfunctions starting a killing spree around the studio hmm that's basically the synopsis of the movie um i couldn't actually find any budget or gross for this movie either so take that for what you will uh literally looked at i looked at imdb wikipedia i know wikipedia can sometimes be very hit and miss with how factual things are in terms of those kind of that kind of stuff but nothing on wikipedia uh nothing on rotten tomatoes nothing on imdb so i have no idea how much this movie costs to make and i have no idea how much it returned um you know for uh warner brothers I can't imagine it made a lot if it had a theatrical release at all. I think it maybe was straight to DVD. I I have no idea, but I have no idea on the grills, unfortunately. So apologies about that. Again, in terms of the cast, no one really notable on here. Uh, I did have a look before I came on just to see if, you know, the actors had been in something else uh, that I wasn't aware of. But no, um, unfortunately not. So the cast is relatively unknown. But that, you know, that's not a bad thing, but it's, you know, also not great that a lot of these actors probably aren't going to go on to, to much else. You know? <laughs> At least this this movie isn't going to get them much more work anyway. Um, let's say that. So, as I say, the movie itself is set in a world where the banana splits, uh, the in a kind of alternative reality where the banana splits didn't get taken off the air in the 80s or... 70s whenever that was uh, and he's still on tv still new episodes being made today and he's still relatively popular with people so um the main character in this one uh which is uh harley he's like the young guy it's his birthday uh, he's like the banana splits biggest fan um and you know it all centers around harley and his family um but as i say i have a lot of fun with this film i do and I'll say my problems with it fairly early on now, um, just to get that out the way. But for the most part, I actually have a lot of fun watching this movie. So I know why a lot of people don't like this movie. It's dumb. But for me, it's just dumb fun. And, you know, it's got some decent kills in this movie. Um, some mo- some kills are really t- terrible and off screen and they're not, not very good at all. Uh, but for the most part, or at least I would say 50% of the kills in this movie are on screen, uh, really good gore for for the most part. Uh, Obviously, they probably utilised a relatively low budget really well here with a lot of the effects that they've done. Um, I say it misses the mark on some things, but the important ones, the kind of the big deaths in the movie, they come off really well. So um, I have to say just good things about that, to be honest with them. Now onto something that I think is the biggest flaw in this movie. We're going to run through pretty much the whole story of the movie all the kills we're going to run through the whole thing so don't worry about that but i just want to say really what i feel is is the ultimate flaw in this movie and the reason why people don't like it quite as much and the reason why it didn't work as well as it should so the banana splits in this movie are animatronics they 
you know, they're kind of rule, they're just robots that are controlled by this guy who made, well, he doesn't control them. They have artificial intelligence, which makes them flip and turn into serial killers. But that's a huge issue for me in this movie is that they are animatronics. Everyone knows that these TV shows in real life and when the Banana Splits was on TV originally, that these are costume characters. There's people inside the costume. Um, And for me, that would have been much scarier. The fact that they are animatronics, it kind of cheapens it quite a lot and it's quite a cop-out because the way they walk, the way they dance, the way they move, you can tell they're costume characters with somebody inside the costume. As, it, as they are on TV. But the, in the movie, we're meant to believe that these are animatronics. And I feel like that's such a wasted opportunity. Now, with a film like this, it's the Banana Splits movie. It's a film based on the Banana Splits. Just go 100% off the wall. Go completely insane. Just go as funny and as outrageous and as crazy as you can because that's what this movie should be. But this movie takes itself far too seriously, far too often in this movie. Hence, the killers, they kind of wrote them as animatronics. No. (laughs) We all know the score. We all know the deal here. For me, what they should have done and what I thought was going to happen when I kind of saw the DVD cover was, and it would have made made so much more sense, the TV show gets cancelled and then the actors in the costumes realise that they're going to essentially get sacked. They've lost their job. This has been a big earner for them for 20 or 30 years. They've played the banana splits all this time, and they get fired. And then they go on a killing spree. We never see who is in these costume characters. If you're watching The Night Garden and, you know, Iggle Piggle and the Macapacker and the Teletubbies and, um, you know, all those car- all those programmes... It's intriguing because you don't know who is inside this costume. Same if you go to Disneyland or Disney World. You don't know who is inside Mickey Mouse. You don't know who is inside Goofy. It could be a really attractive woman or it could be a really hideously sweaty, unattractive man. We don't know and that's part of the the terror and why a lot of people are scared of costume characters because they look, you know, creepy anyway and... On top of that, you don't know who is inside that character portraying them. That would have been a lot scarier for someone that we don't know. We have never seen them, but we know there's somebody inside this costume killing people dressed as the banana splits. I just think that would have been a much better way of doing it and a much more believable way. Because when the banana splits in this movie walk, they kind of have to dub in this mechanical robot sound and then when they turn you can hear like the gears moving and things it's like but we we know they're not like robots in the movie they look like people in costumes so for me that was a huge fundamental flaw in this movie and somewhere they missed a trick had they changed it and as i say had the costume characters where you don't know who's inside that character but they're going on a killing spree that would have been much scarier. And it would have come across, in my opinion, a lot better on, on film. And I think people would have had a a much more fun time, especially with the horror movie fans out there. They would have had a much more fun time with, with the movie itself. But anyway, I digress. That's kind of 
my opinion on that. Um, so anyway, as I say, the movie focuses around Harley, and it's his birthday. His banana splits mad. It's, it's like his favourite TV show on TV. Yeah, yeah, it's a TV show on TV. Um, the the dad, the dad in this, it's um, it's his. Well, he's got an older brother. Uh, so as Harley and Austin. Austin's the older brother, um, and Austin's like cool. He loves his brother, but he's his half brother because presumably Austin's dad has either ran away or he's dead or something's happened anyway. And Mitch is the Mitch is um, Harley's dad, and he is a total cunt. <laughs> he is like an absolute asshole like the worst possible dad in the world uh, i actually the first time i watched this movie i actually thought he was um harley's stepdad because you know he's like he doesn't really want anything to do with the kids he's he's cheating on his wife he's just an absolute horrendous human being um and there's a scene in this movie and it was only actually this this is like my third time watching this movie um and it's i say it, it's harley's birthday and he's having a birthday cake and He's like, oh, he's, Mitch, who is the dad, gives him tickets to the banana splits. So the mum was going to give him the tickets, then Mitch took them, and he's like, we've got your tickets to the banana splits. And he's like, oh, thanks, daddy. And he's like, hey, what have I told you about calling me that? You're too old for that now. And he's like, what? He's like eight years old or seven years old. He might even be he might even be younger than that, like the character in his movie. He's, got, he's really young. And his dad is telling him not to call him daddy. Like fuck off <laughs> like her awful awful human being and he says like outside oh isn't he too isn't he too old to keep watching the banana splits it's like he's seven or eight surely that's like peak time to watch these tv shows you know i remember watching kids tv till i was probably yeah probably 10 even into my teenage you know nickelodeon things like that i used to watch things like that when until i was a teenager um kids tv like this you know i think people watch it for as long as they possibly can really it's and I think that's just a normal thing. Everyone does that. Um, he does have a unicorn birthday cake, though. That's weird. Um, yeah, I think that was a bit of a thing. Whether they only had a, a unicorn birthday cake in the shop, <laughs> when thought, right, this will do just to film this scene. No one will notice it's a unicorn birthday cake, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, Mitch, as I say, he's the stepdad, but also the dad of Harley. Horrendous human being. He gets run over twice in this movie, luckily, so... You know, thank God. Spoiler alert, but he gets run over twice. Awful human being. Uh, but he gets everything. He deserves everything that's coming to him, that guy. Um, so, as I say, they're on the way. It's uh, Harley's birthday. They're going to the Banana Splits TV show, you know, and they get to the TV studio and they meet the security guard. And he's, you know, he's like, he goes, oh, you, you must be have the best job in the world. You're, you get to work with the banana splits. What are they like in real life? And he's, he's kind of like the crazy Ralph of this movie. And he, like, he is, um, he's only in it for literally this and then another scene later on. But he's just weird as hell. Like, he, he, he plays the character really straight, like a normal security guard, quite polite. Uh, and then all of a sudden, as soon as he gets asked about the banana splits, he's like, you know, on a night time, uh, I see them driving around here in their little cars singing along. And the dad, Mitch, thinks he's joking, but I don't think he's joking because we kind of find out later on that these people, just, the banana splits, can just roam around and do whatever they want. They don't look like they get switched off. It's very strange. Um, so we meet the main characters in the movie. Um, as I say, they're all relatively forgettable. They're not. They're not... 
they're not very memorable characters. So I, I, to be honest, couldn't even tell you their names as I'm reviewing this movie. Um, but the main characters that we see, we get the two YouTubers, uh, the boy, uh, the boyfriend and the girlfriend who or presumably YouTubers or uh, vloggers or something along those lines, and they're going to try and film themselves at the Banana Splits TV tape, and he's like the Banana Splits biggest fan, um, and all that kind of good stuff. They have the pushy dad. Now, I know he's called Jonathan. That's literally the only character, apart from the family, that I remember the name of. Um, oh, and Paige, because she's the Paige. Paige the Paige. Um, but the dad, you got the really pushy dad, Jonathan, and his wannabe actress daughter, who again I don't know the name of. And then you've got the main the main family there as well. Um, the banana splits. They arrive in their little car, almost letting, almost running Harley over. Why are these people driving a car? They're animatronics. Again, this would make so much more sense if there was actual real people in the car, in like in the costume. Yeah, real people could drive the car around and wave at the fans as they're going past but they're just out there animatronics who's letting animatronics drive a car it's ah, you know i'm looking far too much into these things but i feel like a lot of this a lot of this movie's issues would have been sorted had they just gone down the whole costume carriage i will never stop saying that because it's so true um we see that in this movie as well the staff almost treat the banana splits like they're real um which is really weird because they're animatronic so you know they'll say oh get uh Flegel on the stage now get Flegel onto the stage and they'll try and like get Flegel and say right come onto the stage now so they know that these characters have artificial intelligence and have you know have something in them that makes them have independent free will that's like scary why would you do that why why would you have these things you know as your entertainers but it's funny you know that you should say that because walt disney was quite famous you know when he created the carousel of progress for uh, for the world's fair and and disneyland um he was quite famous for you know making that whole remark of um you know these animatronics they can work all day they don't need to get a they don't need a break um and you know you don't have to pay them so <laughs> it was like the perfect blend so if you were a tv show like this i suppose yeah you probably would want you know animatronics doing that so that you a wouldn't have to pay them wouldn't have to give, give them a break you know they could work as long as you would need them to as long as they worked we also find out that this is going to be the final tv taping of the banana splits although the crowd don't know that but the uh, the vp of the uh, of the tv station he comes and tells the producer you know he's taking over uh, the banana splits they're old hat he doesn't want them anymore um and the show's cancelled this is the last tv taping and the banana splits as far as i'm aware they overhear this and do not do not like this news so they overhear the vp of the studio being like yeah i'm gonna cancel the show and then they switch like do they talk to each other and say right this is happening just so you know um let's kill everyone again it would make a lot more sense <laughs> you know i keep saying it It'd make a lot more sense if there was real people in these costumes it, you know it is a completely out there thing um show gets cancelled and then the banana splits they want to go on this big killing spree um so but before they do that they have to do their final show because the show is their life as we find out the show is everything to them um 
And in the crowd, this is another thing. I mean, I don't know whether it's... I've never been to a live TV taping of, you know, like a, a studio, live studio crowd type of thing. Um, and they were saying, oh, people with stars on the back of their tickets, um, you know, hang around after the show because you will get to meet the banana splits. And I'm like... There's literally only about 60 people in this crowd. It's a really small TV studio crowd. The banana splits are animatronics, so they don't need a break. They can do the show and then stand there and meet everyone, truly. Why only give it to people with stars on their tickets? Like, they can just meet them. <laughs> it's, just, it's not going to cause anyone any more hassle if everybody meets the banana splits. I... Just thought that was strange, and it was just a way to obviously the, get the stars of the show or the stars of the of the movie rather together, so that they could eventually get killed off one by one. Um, Stevie is the human character in this as well, so often you do get like a human character in these in these TV shows. So th- in this one, it's Stevie. He's the human one, and he's drinking on a job. He hates this job. He hates being a part of this TV show. And um, he's just a total dick as well. Um, but this got me thinking as well, you know, just kind of going off on a tangent here. We will talk about someone getting killed very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but going off on a bit of a tangent, it made me think that um, are people who work on kids' TV shows like this? Because, you know, if you watch, again, a lot of kids' TV, it's all overacting, it's all bad acting, but on purpose. It's very simplistic acting, and uh, it takes a lot of bottle, I think, to, to do that and to portray that kind of character and to act in that set way that you're acting to entertain a two-year-old or a three-year-old. You know, it's you're not being a serious actor, per se. So I just thought that might be quite reminiscent for anybody else who works on a kids' TV show. I don't know, that might be how people are. You know, it, it takes a lot of bottle to do, to do that kind of job. Um, and that just got me thinking. You know, um, but the brother—he's a really cool guy, Austin. Really cool guy. Um, not the best of actors who portrays this person. I think this might be one of his only movies. Um, I say not the best of actors at all. But he—he he goes back and he meets. He's talking to Paige, the Page, and arranges for the family to stick around after the show and meet the banana splits. And um, and and that's what they do. That's what they do. They get to meet the banana splits. I mean, what a cool thing to do for your brother um, on his birthday. But Mitch doesn't want any of that. He's like, no, no, is this going to take long? We need to get home. Guy's a tall dick. Um, total dick. Anyway, Stevie, who is the human character, he is the first to die. We're finally going to talk about a kill in this movie. Uh, he is the first to die. And he, I think it's, um, I think it's Flegel. I don't know, like... The characters in this movie, the names, I say, I think if you're a fan of the Banana Splits, if you're like in your 40s and you're a horror movie fan and you watched the Banana Splits when you were younger, I think you'll get a real kick out of this because you'll know the characters, you'll know the setup, you'll know what the show was like. So for me, who wasn't a fan of the Banana Splits or didn't watch the Banana Splits, it's quite difficult for me to really, you know, get into that mindset. Um, but I think if you, if you, were a fan of the banana splits in the day you'll get a real kick out of, out of this movie especially as a horror movie fan but anyway um it's actually a pretty cool kill this one and um 
I think it's Flegel who's the dog. He's like the evil one. He's the real evil one in this. Um, he gets a giant lollipop and just throws it down um, Stevie's throat. Now, the only thing is we don't see it actually going in. It's kind of the camera's on the end of the lollipop and it kind of goes in the throat that way. But the actual effect itself after that is pretty cool. So you can see the neck is uh, expanding where the lollipop is stuck. You can see blood coming out of his mouth. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool kill, actually. Cheesy as hell. Really cheesy, but I think that's that's a lot. A lot of the gags in this movie are quite cheesy, but it actually looked pretty decent, to be honest with you. It didn't look out of place. It didn't look cheap. Um, makeup looked pretty decent. So, yeah, I was thinking that's a very solid first kill. And then we see Stevie later on in the movie, which we'll get to, um, and that is sinister as hell. Um, and also, as I said earlier on, we find out next that Mitch is cheating on his wife. I mean, if we didn't already like him, didn't dislike him already enough. Um, see, this movie as well, because it, this is one of the reasons I think it takes itself too seriously, it's, it gave itself this mediocre subplot of the mom, Beth. I think she's called Beth, the mom. Oh, sorry. On the brew dog again, so I'm getting the old hiccups and the old burpees. Um... We didn't really need this subplot in the middle of the movie. It's there to kill time. Literally, that's all it's there for. It's not there to further any characters along or anything because we already established that Beth was a nice lady. She loved the kids. We already established the kids were cool. We already established that Paige was a cool person as well and you know her and Austin had this connection. Um, and we already established that Mitch was a complete tool um, purely because of the way he acted towards you know his own son and his stepson so we didn't really need this subplot to dislike him anymore it's there to fill time in but it's there you know he's a total dick um and especially how he tries to flip it on the man that it's her fault that that he's cheating on her the guy's a total scumbag um so the next kill in the movie we see the the two youtubers get engaged in flegel's magic shop which is like so the backstage and they have all of the sets uh they have Flegel's Magic Shop, uh, the Bingo's Jungle, I think it was, or something like that. Again, if you were a fan of the TV show, you'll get a real kick out of all these little things that are happening in this movie and all the different sets at the visit and stuff like that. Um, so they get... This is, a, this is a really funny kill. They get engaged in the magic shop and then Flegel comes and he grabs uh, one of the YouTubers' phone, puts it in a thing and he's like smashing it with a wand and, oh, it's... You know, he's like, what the hell are you doing to my phone? phone gets smashed everywhere quite cool and then the animatronic throws him into one of those you know the doubling you know the the cutting in half magic trick you know the one where someone gets put in a box and then they get sawn in half i don't know what the trick itself is called but that's basically what happens um and the girl is just standing there like she doesn't know what to do she's just screaming let him go let him go while this animatronic dog is sawing her boyfriend in half like run this is another thing with this because these animatronics they do not walk very fast they're very heavy set you know animatronics you could run away out that front door and that's another scene in this movie that doesn't make any sense later on but hey ho it it's a movie about the banana splits it's not probably going to make much sense i don't know why i keep thinking that um so the actual saw in half itself is actually pretty weak you know you see the, a little bit of blood on the old saw nothing in particular that's really great um 
But it's what happens next that is kind of cool. They separate the box and all of the guys inside come out. And that makes it a really cool kill. And it's there's this one and there's another one later on in the film, which is kind of your standard low-budget horror fare. You know the one where they saw someone in half or they cut a limb off or something like that. And it doesn't really look like what that would look like in real life. It's over-the-top, cheesy, cartoonish. Because that's what low-budget horror can afford. Um, but it, for what it is, it looked pretty good, to be honest. And Flegel just goes, ta-da! Like, the girl has just seen her boyfriend, her fiancé now, get sawn in half by this animatronic dog in a children's TV show magic shop. And the dog just goes, ta-da! Like, oh... Cracks me right up. Cracks me right up, that one. So we also get Jonathan, who is the pushy dad. He's like the asshole pushy dad. Wants his daughter to be a star, um, even though his daughter's not really that bothered about being a star. Uh, and they go and, you know, try and find the producer backstage. It's actually quite sad. This relationship is quite sad. And later on in the film, the very end of the film, kind of establishes just how sad this relationship is between the... the father and the daughter like he just wants the daughter to be a star and famous whereas she's not really that into it but she's doing it you know whereas we'll get to it later on in the film but it's it's kind of sad um but anyway the producer just completely turns the girl down says she's nothing special she doesn't really want it um, but the show's cancelled anyway so it doesn't really matter and then i think it's flegal again flegal's the bad one in this movie like flegal is the main killer i think i mean the other ones um i can't even tell you what the <laughs> What they're called. I mean, who what are the other animals called in this movie again? Um, so we've got Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky. So Flegel is like the main the main villain in this. I mean, the other ones kind of kind of seem to be going along with it. So he's just kind of lost his marbles, this guy. Um so yeah, the Flegel kind of sees Jonathan in the in the changing room and burns his face off. Like the Flegel the dog is just standing there dancing and he just burns his face gets like you know like a gets a lighter and then a blowtorch and just blowtorches his face this actually looks really damn good like there's there's some bits in this scene where you can tell it's cgi completely and then some way you can tell that it's practical effects they did use a good mix of practical effects in this movie I, i think there's only this. I think this is actually the only kill that is a bit CGI'd. Everything else is 100% practical, as far as I could tell, anyway. Um, uh, which is something I always, obviously, admire about horror films, especially low-budget horror films. Um, don't cheapen out and go CGI. Give us, you know, on-screen practical effects. That's the main thing to take home there. Um, but as I say, the kill actually looks pretty damn good. The makeup's good. Um, his, the, the face when it's actually on fire is pretty good. Everything looks pretty solid here. Um, but obviously <laughs> the daughter is like seeing her dad get her get his face burnt off. She just runs away. But damn, that must be horrifying. Although not really as we see later on in the film with this girl. Um, and then the next one, Mitch, he gets chased by Snorky in his little car. And he's like, why are you chasing? It's completely over the top acting. Why are you chasing me? And he's running through the parking lot. Um, Snorky is the good guy in this. Snorky the elephant, he's the good guy. And he is uh, Harley's like friend in the end, kind of. He's like, he only kills the bad people. Like he does kill people, but he seems to only kill bad people. Like Mitch. Um... And Mitch is running away. 
he kind of gets away with it and then he goes to the security guards like you know security guards there please you gotta help me and then classic head falls off gag you know as you get in these kind of movies the security guard has already had his head chopped off, then the head put back on, head falls off. Without anyone touching him, it just falls off. You know, the classic low-budget slasher kind of gag. Uh, again, looks actually decent. It looks low-budget, but it looks pretty decent. Uh, and then out of nowhere, bang! Mitch gets run over by Snorky. But he doesn't die, as we find out, because one, getting run over once isn't good enough for this piece of shit. Um... It's a really funny moment in this scene where the producer, obviously, she's like trying to calm everybody down. She's like, everything's under control. The splits aren't designed to hurt people. The splits are designed for love. And then out of nowhere, Jonathan just bursts through the door and his face is all melted again. The actual makeup here is pretty damn solid. Like, he's looking really good here. And it's just like, it's funny. Like, she's trying to assure everyone, everything's under control. Don't worry. And then a guy who's had his face burnt off by these kids' TV characters burst through the door just really funny scene um beth the mum as well she turns into a bit of a badass in this movie like mid midway three quarters of the way through the movie uh she's protecting her elder son from the lion character which i think is bingo could be wrong but i think it's bingo and um yeah she just like takes the top off and badass throws bingo over the top of the uh kind of scaffolding area bad ass like really cool um we also we kind of meet him earlier on in the film, Carl, who is the Splits creator, like he made them, uh, and we kind of established that he made them for love. Um, and it's kind of back and forth as to whether he's evil or not. Um, the first time you see him in the film, fairly early on, you kind of think, well, who's this weirdo? You know, he's kind of just really into his animatronics a bit, um, and then. He kind of sees the kids, and the, the kids get captured by the anima- by the by the animatronics, and he's like, you know, the, the splits aren't here to hurt people; they just want to be loved. And then he kind of goes again; he kind of splits it again, and he kind of turns himself into a bit of a psycho again. He's very back and forth here as to whether he's evil, but I think we do establish that he's just not quite all there. This character, anyway, and he's basically saying, you know, that the uh, the animatronics are his family. Uh, the show is all they have. The show must go on. You know, they cancelled the show. What do you expect? It's like, why don't you switch them off? They don't. These things don't have feelings. They're just animatronics. And uh, just they're trying to. Well, this is the thing. Why aren't they escaping? Because they split themselves. As I say, are animatronics. They're not walking very fast either. So you could easily outrun these things. You would think. Um, but anyway, they're trying to find the phones. They find all the phones in the security office. And the splits have already smashed them up because the banana splits animatronics know you aren't getting these phones to phone for help. Like, because they have artificial intelligence, but they are animatronics. I <laughs> just, the whole thing is just crazy, crazy. Uh, the next scene as well oh my goodness like this is for me one of the funniest scenes because we get burnt faced jonathan and uh, the broken fingers producer they're made to run like this assault course that's made for kids and it's like kind of um if you ever watch something like um get your own back or or something like that on kids tv when you were younger america probably has you know i think on nickelodeon was it called um gunge or something like that or slime. It was called something similar, you know. It was kind of like assault courses for kids where you run through gunge and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, they're made to run through this assault course with the um, 
with the banana splits egging them on. But Jonathan's already got a burnt face and he slips on the gunge and he's burnt face. Now, if you if you burn your hand on like an oven or something like that, you know. Yeah, if you're if you touch something, you're like, oh, that stings. Well, his face just slaps this plastic mat, and all this gunk goes on his face, and you just, oof, that's gotta sting. Um, so, but I say that you could easily outrun these animatronics to leave. So I just don't understand why they're going through the whole assault course because they could just leave. They could just run away. But anyway. They they run the assault cars for some reason. Um, Jonathan gets a key to the spine, and yeah, the blue key uh, just puts it right through the spine, and you can see the spine and the blood, and then he just gets thrown down. It's a pretty cool kill. Again, low budget fare, um, and the producer gets a hammer to the head, like a she's like, where's the hammer? Giant hammer splat to the head, and it kind of is reminiscent of Glenn's death from The Walking Dead. Um, again, sorry if you haven't watched that, but that thing came out like four or five years ago now when Glenn died. Um, she just gets this hammer, big hammer to the head, and her eyes like popping out. It's crazy, like, looks really good to be honest with you. Looks really good makeup. Um, very much like Glenn from The Walking Dead. But yeah, really cool kill. Uh, and the best thing about it is the, the banana splits. I think it is Bingo or uh, Flegel. Could be the other one, to be honest with you. It's not Snorky anyway. And he just goes, she went down to Hammertown. Like, they've got like, these catchphrases, these pre-made catchphrases for when they kill someone. I don't know. The show... In brackets here. The show itself is underneath the studio. So they have the normal Banana Splits TV show in the upper deck, in the main studio. Someone has created this evil Banana Splits TV show downstairs. I presume it was the Carl who created them, but we don't know because he didn't know until that day that he was going to get fired. So Surely he didn't have enough time to create this kind of sinister Banana Splits TV show in the basement. It's not really explained who created this, but hey. Um, the girl YouTuber as well, she kills Carl, who's the creator. He created like this new creation, like a sister for the Banana Splits, and she dresses up as that and off-screen, weak kill, basically. not gr- Nothing to write home about at all, but she kills Carl in his cell. It's not great at all. Um, we see down in the basement as well, so they're trying to escape. The family are trying to escape with Paige the Page, and all the parents and the other Page, not Paige the Page, the other Page, has been killed. And there's way more bodies in that basement than was actually in the audience. Like, they are piled up quite a bit. Um, I like, why did he take them to the basement? There's a lot of things unexplained here, but why did the page take him to the basement? The front door, it's all on one level. It's like a big giant studio warehouse. It's all on one level, just go through the front door. But somehow, they managed to get to the basement, and then the banana splits somehow managed to see them there and kill all of the adults, kill all of the parents and the page. It's like, surely someone would have got away. Ah. I don't know, but that that was a bit of a a big gripe with me. Um, And then these kids are forced, the kids who were left now orphaned because their parents have been murdered by the banana splits. Uh, The kids are forced to watch this grim show. Oh, it's like sinister as hell. Stevie comes out on his little tricycle and he's got the lollipop down his throat. He's dead. Uh, And then the banana splits end up blowing him up. I mean, these kids are going to be 
fucked. Like, their lives are ruined for the rest of their lives. Not only are they now orphans, but they are watching this horrendously sinister Banana Splits TV show. You can think these were all big fans of Banana Splits, so much so that they've gone to the TV studio to watch it be filmed. And this happens to them. They end up becoming orphans and everyone, everyone gets killed. Yeah, I do feel sorry for <laughs> for these kids. Um, Vice President of Programming ends up on the Wheel of Endings. There's kind of like this new sinister Wheel of Endings on the um, in the basement evil Banana Splits TV show. And it lands on the Banana Splits. Now everybody in the crowd, all the kids, even though the parents have just died, the kids are like, oh, it always ends on rock out. It's like, you're not in the TV studio anymore. You're not watching the banana splits that you know. These are evil banana splits. And it ends up landing on banana split. And the uh, the TV the TV president, the vice president of programming, he's kind of going, what's a banana split? What's a banana split? Uh, and basically, a banana split is the banana splits grab his arms and legs and rip them off. <laughs> so, um, again, usual low-budget fare the way it looks. But it actually, for the most part, Looks pretty decent. And uh, the final battle we see of the mum, Beth, she kills Flegel quite easily. I mean, he's just choking her. And then she, like, gets something and drives it through his brain. Um, again, you know, she probably... Flegel is the main villain here. But she finishes him off quite easily. You think, why couldn't those ten adults have done that? Why couldn't those ten adults have jumped on these animatronics? Beth seemed to do it pretty easily. Um... And so they're escaping and they're trying to escape. They're running through the basement. You know, they've saved the kids. They've got the kids out. Uh, And then Bingo, who is like the lion character, he drops them. He kind of stops them in their their tracks. And Snorky, he saves the day. The elephant that uh, Harley had befriended, he saves the day. And they fight to the death. And this, for me, is the only part of the movie... That makes me think this is why they went down the whole animatronic route. Because they, because Snorky, who has his own mind, wanted to save the kids. He he wasn't evil, you know, he just, he understood that the reason behind the cancellation, probably, I don't know, but maybe he didn't understand the reasoning, but he didn't want to kill anyone. And then he saves them. So... I think this is... And then they have this fight to the death. They rip each other with wiring out. And it's a draw. They both die. But I just think, why... This was the only mo- This was the only part of the movie that made me think, this is why they went down the whole animatronic route. Um, then we get outside. It's kind of the aftermath of all these events that have taken place. Police cars, ambulances. Everyone, though, is pretty damn relaxed in this scene. Considering the ordeal they've just been through... Everybody is pretty relaxed. You would be traumatised. These kids' parents have just been murdered. Like, Stevie has been murdered. They've witnessed murder. They've witnessed someone's face being burnt off. They've witnessed someone get torn in half. They've nearly been killed by these kids' TV show characters. And everyone's just like, yeah, that was an interesting night. And they're saying stuff like, this is not what I expected the Banana Splits to be. Obviously it wasn't. Um, Austin, he ends up asking Paige out and they end up kissing. It's like, you literally just survived this terrifying ordeal. I just thought that was a bit strange. And as I said earlier on in the podcast about the girl who's like the wannabe actor and Jonathan, who was a dad, who got his face burnt off... um, she, her mum's there, and she's like, Mom, can I quit acting classes? 
Like, you've just seen your dad get his face burnt off and killed in front of you. And all you can think about is, well, he's dead, so now I don't have to do any acting classes. That's a pretty grim relationship. Quite sad, actually, as well, when you think about it, because, you know, she had to wait for her dad to get killed before she can have the muster up the courage to say, actually, I don't want to do this. Quite a sad relationship. Um... We see that Mitch is still alive here as well. Um, and the mum, Beth, she punches him, knocks him out, gets a just desserts. I want a divorce. Thank God. And uh, I there was a little bit of me here that thought, they're not going to kill this guy off. Like, he's the ultimate douche and dickhead in this whole film. Like, I want to see. We think we saw Jonathan get his face burnt off. We saw the YouTuber get sawn in half. We saw the producer get a head smashed with a hammer. Um, and we saw Stevie get the lollipop down the throat, all that good stuff. And Mitch, who's the worst character of them all, we thought, I thought they're not going to kill him off, you know? Um, but they do. Everyone's leaving him. They all leave him behind. Even the ambulances, even though he's been run over and knocked out, the ambulances leave him behind. That's how much people dislike this guy. And then just as you think, he's going to survive. Maybe he's just dessert is that he's getting divorced and they, you know found out he was a cheater and she got knocked out but no bang he gets run over for the second time and this time he gets completely flattened like limbs everywhere and it's by the the girl youtuber and she's dressed as the owl kind of banana split sister who was created she's completely lost her mind at this point in time she's completely lost where she was uh who she was and where she was going through she like her boyfriend got sawed in half like she's completely completely gone at this point so we finally see mitch is dead we kind of have a happy ending because the family all survive that without mitch they can move on with their lives austin's got his girlfriend he can start moving on with his life you know it is pretty decent now there was one actress in this movie that i didn't actually mention at the start and i've hardly mentioned throughout the podcast because really she didn't do an awful lot and she's quite sassy and it's an actress called uh, Maria Nash and she plays young Zoe who is essentially uh, Harley's friend who comes along to the TV show with him she's a really good actress like she's probably one of the best actresses in this whole movie um she doesn't have a huge amount to do she kind of just accompanies Harley and I think that's the problem I think she should have had a lot more to do in this movie uh, a lot more dialogue a lot more stuff to do because she's like damn good young actress um but in terms of the plot and everything that happens she doesn't really contribute much and if she wasn't there it wouldn't really have mattered so um you know that's a shame that she wasn't given she's given a starring role but her character doesn't really matter but she was a damn good actress um, but anyway the movie it's the movie finishes with the robot in the back of the kind of pickup truck that the uh, the youtuber's driving and it kind of knocks itself on kind of hinting at a sequel but not really as well uh, and then that's it that's the banana splits movie and then it's tra la 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 tra la 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 we're on to the the old banana splits movie the banana splits uh, theme song all that good stuff uh end movie now for the most part, as I said, I have some there's some huge flaws in this movie. Huge flaws which I have spoke about throughout this movie. How how throughout this podcast rather. However, for the majority of time in this movie, I have a lot of fun watching this movie. Don't take it too seriously. I probably have taken it far too seriously in this podcast, but if you're going to watch this movie, don't take it seriously. I just think 
They could have done more with it. They could have gone more outlandish. They could have gone more funny. They could have gone more crazy. But they didn't. We got what we got. Um, but I have a fun time watching this movie. I'm going to watch it again probably in maybe a year or so's time. It's one of them where, you know, I'll stick on probably once a year or once every two years to uh, remind myself it exists and have fun watching the movie. Um, it's not a classic, but it's just a dumb, fun f- slasher flick. Um, decent gore throughout. Um, some good on-screen practical effects for the most part. Some shitty weak off-screen as well. But for the most part, the main kills, good gore, and, um, you know, some good kills. The only shame for me is that they didn't change the story to have real costume characters rather than the splits being quote-unquote real and their animatronics. Wasn't a fan of that, but... And it's a shame, because if they... If they had done costume characters, I think they could have set up another movie um, here. And there won't be a sequel to this. I can't see how there will be a sequel to it. I don't think it was anywhere near as popular as they wanted it to be. Um, I can't even see how much money it made. So I can't see there being a sequel at all. But having said that, I would recommend, if you're a horror movie fan, to check this out. Purely just because it exists. Because it exists, you need to watch it, basically. If you were a fan of the Banana Splits TV show in the day, you will enjoy this. If you're a fan of dumb, fun, slasher flicks, you will enjoy this. For the most part. Don't take it too seriously. But the fact that someone had the bottle to make this movie, for me, you need to check it out. Purely to celebrate the fact that something this crazy could get made. Someone someone pitched this idea, took it to the boardroom, wrote the script, it was approved... And then someone made this movie. So you owe it to yourself to watch it for those facts alone. Overall, I would actually give this film a solid 6 out of 10. I think it's definitely not um, It's not a bad movie. It's not a badly made movie, actually, even. Um, it's actually a pretty well-made movie. The effects are pretty good. Uh, it's just the few minor things that bug me about this one. But, you know, I think you would genuinely... If you go into this with an open mind... Um, I think you would genuinely enjoy this one and I would thoroughly recommend you uh, you go and check it out. So as we have done on pretty much every episode of the podcast so far, we are going to end the show with a little bit of trivia on the Banana Splits movie. Now we've kind of gone through a lot of trivia in the, the history of the Banana Splits and you know, how this movie was made and, and the synopsis and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, and there's not a huge amount of trivia to say about this movie, amazingly. Um, purely because it wasn't that big of a hit. But we will go through the trivia and we will we will go through it right now. Now, um, the body count in this movie is 20 plus. Nine featured characters and then 10 to 15 unnamed extras. The unnamed extras are obviously the ones that are piled up in the basement that looks like there's a lot more than 15 bodies down there i will maybe you have to double check on the movie but for me there was a lot it it felt like there was probably like more 30 in there because really the audience was probably i would say there was 60 people in the audience uh and you gotta think every adult's gonna bring at least one kid so that's you know 30 adults you know maybe it was only 15 actually if they brought two kids i don't know but it definitely felt like more. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, it's based loosely on the TV show The Banana Splits Adventure Hour, except the show had no killing. At least, not on screen. 
I don't know what that means. Did someone die in the banana splits? Not on screen? Hmm, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, Bill Farmer, Frank Welker, and Carlos Alascri... Alasaki. Ah, sorry, I can't pronounce that guy's last name. Were originally meant to reprise their, reprise their roles as their respective banana splits from the 2008 TV show that aired on Cartoon Network, but were eventually replaced by Eric Bowser, who played uh, pretty much all of the splits in this movie. Uh, supposedly... Based, this movie was supposedly based on an unused and rejected Five Nights at Freddy's script from when Warner Brothers originally had the movie rights. Well, this is Eric Bowser's second director video film, so it didn't have a theatrical release, based on an, exist, an existing property after Woody Woodpecker. Now, if anybody has anybody seen the Woody Woodpecker movie um, from 2017, I have. I actually think it was too bad, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to cover it on this podcast, but he did the Woody Woodpecker movie from 2017, which I didn't actually know, so hey, there it is. Uh, Austin is dressed the way Michael Nesmith dressed while on The Monkeys, 1966, right down to his knit hat. The Monkeys were guest stars on the original uh, Banana Splits TV show. Hey. Taft Studios, where the Banana Splits is filmed in the movie, is a reference to Taft Broadcasting, the original Hanna-Barbera, when the original show was produced. There you go. Uh, the sound effects used for the split is the same one used in 2001, A Space Odyssey, when Dave Bauman leaves a spacecraft Discovery 1. <laughs> You know, whatever. Not a huge fan of this at all. Uh, the Banana Splits movie premiered at the San Diego Comic Con July 18, 2009, and was released via Blu ray and DVD on August 27, 2019. Sorry, 2019, not 2009. Uh, and finally, on February 19, 2019, uh, February 19, 2019, good God, I can hardly talk right now, Warner Brothers Television Group. Group's Blue Ribbon Content Division announced that it is collaborating with Blue Eyes Pictures on producing a film adaption of Banana Banana Split's television series, which would take place in a horror-like setting, which is what we got. Now, um... I hope you've all enjoyed this week's episode. We're probably going to go about an hour looking at this, so um, not too bad. I wasn't actually sure how long this episode would go, because... There's not a huge amount to say about this movie, you know, um, it's not got a huge history, it's not got a lot of trivia, It's um, but it's got some decent kills, and not a lot of people are aware of this movie even existed, so for episode 10 I wanted to do something relatively new, it's not even a year old this movie at this point in time, um, you can pick it up probably on Amazon for a few pounds and I would recommend checking it out 100%. Now, next week on the podcast... Now, I'm not quite sure what movie I'm going to actually cover next week because it's kind of up in the air um, as to what I fancy watching this week. To be honest, I haven't watched an awful lot of horror this week, um, which is why I rewatched The Banana Splits, but I haven't really um, rewatched much else. And I haven't really, you know, I've been, to be honest, work at the moment is really, really busy. I work for the NHS. It's. Um, it's just a real one of them at the moment with the whole coronavirus and keeping everything going and staffing levels at a you know, all the boring stuff. <laughs> but um so I haven't had much time to uh, to sit down and really watch many good horror films. So next week on the podcast, I say I'm not really too sure what I'm gonna cover, but I have a feeling I'm probably gonna cover a Hellraiser movie or something along those lines. Um probably let's say Hellraiser Inferno. Because um Hellraiser's a rough, rough um franchise, man. You know, I think 
a lot of people slate Inferno onwards, but I actually really enjoy Inferno. I think it's probably one of the best ones in the series. Um, so yeah, tell you what, let's do that next week. Um, let's do Hellraiser Inferno, completely off the cuff there. Um, I'll probably regret that later on in the week when I'm trying to rewatch that. But uh, no, I actually, I enjoy Hellraiser Inferno. I actually enjoy all the Hellraisers apart from Revelations. Uh, Judgment, actually, the latest one, although it wasn't... Um, Doug Bradley, who played Pinhead, it was still more of a Hellraiser movie. Revelations with Chubby Pinhead, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of that at all. Kind of felt like it was filmed on a iPhone. It's a rough franchise, Hellraiser. So yeah, next week let's do it. Hellraiser Inferno. Why the hell not? Um, so anyway, anyway, guys, I hope you've all enjoyed this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast. Episode 10. It's wrapped up. It's in the bag. We are 10 weeks in. Next week, episode 11, Hellraiser Inferno. Because why the hell not? Let's just do it. Um, let's get Hellraiser 1 out there and in the uh, in the ether. And uh, then everyone can hear my thoughts on that franchise as well. Uh, we're probably going to do another Rank the Franchise episode fairly soon as well. I think I'm going to do a Texas Chainsaw Rank the Franchise um, because my love for the Texas Chainsaw is quite up there. So um, I probably not next not next week we'll do Hellraiser Inferno. Maybe the week after or the week after that we'll do another Rank the Franchise one. Uh, or we might leave it a little while. Who knows? It's kind of, you know, that's the beauty of this. We can change on a week-to-week basis. Um, but... Definitely next week we'll cover Hellraiser Inferno. Uh, it's a lot of fun, that movie, for me. I actually really enjoy it. It's probably the best of the uh, direct-to-DVD Hellraisers, so I talked myself into it. Let's do it. Uh, Hellraiser Inferno next week. So anyway, I hope you all have a. I hope you all have an awesome week coming up. Uh, stay safe. Look after each other. Uh, there's not much we can do else, really, at the moment, is there, apart from shopping, maybe go for a run. Um... But I say, don't be a dick. Follow the rules. If we all follow the rules, we'll be out of this before we know it. And uh, then we can all start seeing our family and friends again, going to the pub, going to the football, going to the cinema. I can't wait. Honestly, you don't realise how much you miss things. Obviously, I'm a gig promoter as well, a wrestling ring announcer. I've got no wrestling shows at the moment. Um, I've got no gigs because nothing can happen. So you don't realise how much you miss something until it's gone. And uh, I'm missing my life right now like mad i don't get me wrong i enjoy being home with the family and working from home and stuff like that but i'm missing my life right now uh, a lot because a lot of things i do i i really enjoy and put a lot of time and effort in like this podcast i really love doing this podcast but it's a shame i can't be accompanied with my other things that i love doing as well so but anyway uh, i digress so anyway stay safe everyone and we'll see you all next week stay safe and remember if you're watching horror movies, remember there's only one thing to do, and that is stay scared. It can't be. My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science.
with me. How can you make an experiment of horror? Then you intend to go through with it. Yes. Yeah.